Hey, welcome to another episode of The Daily Mind. Yeah, that's a little intro music because it's based on the episode that uh, we're going to talk about tonight, which is a continuation of last night's episode on the console wars, right? Um, last night, I spoke about, well, actually, before I get into all that, I just wanted to say, uh, ask how everybody's day t- was today. It's hump day. Um, almost done with the week for those uh Probably we'll have a four-day weekend or a three-day weekend with Veterans Day. Um, hopefully, whatever you do, uh, you enjoy it safely. Thank a veteran and uh, enjoy your weekend, right? But um, the theme song was from um, Street Fighter. It was Guile's uh, theme song, right? Theme music, if you ever played Street Fighter back in the day. Because today, we're going to go into part two of the console wars but this time we've done with the 90s right we started off with sega and nintendo their bitter rivalry and then of course some newcomers like um like sony coming out with the playstation but i'm gonna get into now the 2000s right one of the best i would say one of the best periods of time generations of video gaming um because they took the games consoles and made it more than just gaming consoles right so where i left off at was i left off at around 1999 um where it was the playstation one the nintendo 64 and the newcomer dreamcast right but i didn't get too much in the dreamcast but i'm gonna get into it now right so the sega dreamcast came out september 9th 1999 yes 9999 right now the sega dreamcast was way way ahead of its time and it had a very aggressive advertising campaign i mean if you remember the commercials had all the characters from ready to rumble sonic soul caliber and they had all these funky little things going on inside the dreamcast if you want you know remember the commercials if not they're all on youtube so you know if you got a uh, taste of nostalgia um yeah like <laughs> check out one of those commercials um so yeah Um, The Sega Dreamcast was coming into its own, right? The Sega Saturn didn't quite hit the mark against the Nintendo 64, the PlayStation. And what Sega did was they kind of opened the floodgates for online gaming because, believe it or not, it wasn't the Xbox that was the first console. It was actually the Sega Dreamcast that kind of went there with it. So the Dreamcast was built with Windows CE, right? And it it came with an attachment where you could plug in a hardwire uh, broadband, right? Back then, it was probably, what, 56K uh, AOL, right? There was no Wi-Fi yet when a Dreamcast was introduced. So um, they introduced online gaming, but there was really just only, like, one game or so that actually worked online. It was Fantasy Star Online. A lot of games, like, it just wasn't there. There wasn't a lot of online support for the Dreamcast. Um, the Dreamcast was just awesome. It was already built to play four players. It had high-texture graphics. It ran on one gigabyte disc right which is a lot for that time especially for the game designs and the graphics right but they had some bangers that came out with that console you're talking soul caliber jet set radio at the time it was called jet grind radio uh dreamcast also introduced the nba the nba 2k series right when it was done by sega sports before whoever took it over took it over but yeah the first nba 2k came out on dreamcast and back then the graphics were mind-blowing i mean absolutely mind-blowing i mean when i first seen a lot of the games on the dreamcast because i had one i was just like wow this is really really good shit right now it blew the playstation out the water like when it came with multi-platform games it blew the playstation out the water right automatic 
Um, Nintendo 64 that couldn't even come close. The Dreamcast was where it was, but where did it go wrong for the Dreamcast? The problem with the Dreamcast, what killed the Dreamcast, was simply the PlayStation 2. Hands down. When the Dreamcast came out, the PlayStation 2 came out in the U.S. just a year later, right? But they were still coming out with games for the PlayStation 1, right? Nintendo 64 was also losing steam, right? But a new console will come shortly. But the PlayStation 2 came out a year after the Dreamcast, and the PlayStation 2 had something no other console can have at the time, a DVD player. Not only that, the PlayStation 2 was backwards compatible with all PlayStation 1 games, with slight enhancements even, right? And online capability. Dreamcast only had the online capability, but they it only played music CDs, but it couldn't play the DVD player. That's what helped sell the PS2, was the idea that it played DVDs and still played music CDs. Yes, it did it all. And it was only $299 when it came out. So you got the Dreamcast which only does these little things, and the PlayStation 2. And plus, the PlayStation 2 already became such a home brand name thanks to the first PlayStation. So what do you think happened? The Dreamcast kind of chugged along to like about maybe 2002. It went further in Japan, though, a few extra years. But the Dreamcast, just basically the casket closed, right? It, it, it was just, it was losing support. Not to mention what also killed that dream, killed the Dreamcast was that Sega allowed Sonic to be on multiple platforms. Remember, Sonic was only just on Sega. But that changed quickly once Sega got out of the console business because the Dreamcast was the final console for Sega, and there's been rumors about Dreamcast 2. It's not going to happen. So, of course, Sonic has to thrive. So Sonic ended up jumping on the PlayStation 2 and the Nintendo GameCube and the Xbox. So, like, Sonic was no longer an IP for Sega. Because what can they do? Like, you can't support Sonic without a console. He has to be jumped onto something else. So the PlayStation 2 is like, man, everybody wants it, right? Came in this nice blue box, right? And it wasn't like they had shortages. Not that I know of. They had plenty of them, right? Plenty of PlayStation 2s. And it was making its money. It was selling. DVDs were still big at the time. So just imagine... You're paying X amount of money for a DVD player, but you're paying $299 for a gaming console, a CD player, <coughs> excuse me, a CD player, uh, a DVD player with online capability and backwards compatibility with PlayStation 1 games. It was a steal, man. You'd be crazy not to get one at the time. In fact, it's still one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Absolutely the best-selling best PlayStation of all time, too. I, I'd be, I'd be lucky. You'd be lucky if the PlayStation Five gets to that point. I think the PS2 at this point have sold well over 100 million units. That's a lot of PlayStations floating around right now, right? So you know, now you got the PlayStation on the map. Now it's Nintendo's turn, right? So a year later, Nintendo comes out with the Nintendo GameCube, right? Now the Nintendo GameCube. I'm gonna be honest with you. Was was almost like I, I like the GameCube uh, just slightly more than the PlayStation Two, but the reason why is that the case was that the GameCube was actually faster, not by a lot, and the graphics depending on the multi-platform games or whoever like if it was a first-party title like the GameCube did some pretty amazing graphics like Soul Calibur Two was probably like one of the best-looking games um, 
Rogue Squadron 2 was absolutely the it was the launch title for the GameCube, but it was pushing the GameCube to its limits. I mean, when you look at the graphics of Rogue Squadron 2, you're like, whoa, like did how 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 powerful is this GameCube, right? You got this little ass purple thing with a handle on it, and people laughed at that design, and the buttons were just not well laid out. And people laughed at the game. You're like, oh, it's for kids. Nah, nah, nah. But I think when it came out, I think it was like $199, um, 249 I could be wrong, but it was definitely cheaper than the PlayStation. But the GameCube thrived on. But the GameCube was missing the one thing PlayStation had, the DVD player. So Nintendo went with the Panasonic Matsushita disc, right? They're the very small little GameCube disc. Um, because they didn't, they wanted to protect from piracy, right? They figured if they put it on a compact disc or a DVD ROM, like Sony's PlayStation 2, that the games could be copyrighted. And you know, Nintendo is very, very strict with their IPs, so they put it on these small discs. Now, these small little discs, right, were roughly up to about four gigabytes. The PlayStation 2 were on DVD ROMs. They were about roughly, they were more. And if you got a dual layer, you got eight gigs out of it. So you were able to put a lot more on the PlayStation 2 disc than on GameCube. Some GameCube games had to come with multiple discs in comparison to the same game on the PlayStation 2, which only probably just came with one disc. But that was just the limitation with GameCube. So the GameCube was faster. Of course, it had the the top AA, AAA titles like uh, Mario and Zelda. and I mean, uh, yeah, you know, stuff. Those top Nintendo games and then some good third-party support, right? Um, and, of course, like around that time, um, there was one more competitor that showed up the same year in the United States, right? So for a while, Sony and Nintendo, I mean, well, Sony and Nintendo's been battling it out since the 90s. The, uh, Sega's dead, right? The Dreamcast is gone, done. And a new competitor has to come out in somewhere, right? So the U.S. figure, they give it a try, right? And it was called something called Project Midway. So Project Midway was the goal was to defeat, I guess you could, it, it was more like a World War II reference to defeat the Japanese. So Microsoft throws their hat in the ring into the console wars with the Xbox, this massive nine-pound monster of a console. It was literally a portable PC, right? Microsoft with the Xbox broke the mode. It came out um, about the same year. It's about the same time frame as the GameCube, and it was way more powerful than the GameCube and the PS2 because... um, and if I'm not mistaken, the P, the it had better resolution. It was able to put, output 720p in 20, in 2001. Okay, the Xbox four player um, built in, right? It had a hard drive, which means you could store music on there and other things. A hard drive. PlayStation. Sony didn't do it with the PlayStation Two. GameCube definitely didn't do it. And the biggest sell, the biggest. Um, selling point to the xbox was xbox live xbox live was the official first full-fledged um online gaming service and it was also because of halo so halo with that and xbox live perfect combination perfect nintendo couldn't compete nintendo did have online but it was very it had no support maybe one or two games went online with the gamecube and then sony um you have to attach an attachment for the hard line, right? Because remember, Wi-Fi wasn't a thing yet. And um, with that being said, um, you know, 
everything had to be hardwired, but it worked well back then with Microsoft, and they sold a lot of these Xboxes. They were huge. The controllers were big, the old Duke, huge-ass controllers, right? So, you know, so now they're like Nintendo and uh, Nintendo and Sony are like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is, this is different, right? Now, but in Japan, interestingly enough, the Xbox doesn't sell very well out there. But we know why, right? Because, you know, in some cases, I guess you could say protectionism. And just Nintendo and Sony is a more of a home brand to them. So they're going to support their home brand, right? But here in the U.S., it's a different mixed bag, right? It's not like everybody supports the Xbox because it's American, right? It all depends now on games, um, exclusivity, like which which titles are exclusive to a console and such and such and such, right? So, um, you know, now you got three contenders, right? And they these three contenders have put out some of the best games of that era, I'm talking about. I, I I can name a few right now, like Def Jam, Fight for New York. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that's just one one to name a few. Many other games that came out. Um, but these three duked it out for a while, right? And they all came out with games respectfully of their you know exclusive to their consoles and of course multiplayer, uh, multi-platform titles. <clears throat> excuse me, that came out. And you could tell the difference. See, nowadays between the Xbox and the PS5, you can't really tell too much of a difference between them. But back then, like the difference was very clear between which console can do what. Like the PlayStation 2 against the Xbox, totally different um, graphical um, capabilities. And you could see that in multi, multi-platform multi games, right? <clears throat> nowadays, you can't really tell the difference very much. And it all really just comes down to programming. So, um <clears throat> Now we're getting into the mid-2000s, right? The mid-2000s, you know, the, the, the consoles is getting stale. Of course, you got to stay ahead of the game and you got to come up with something new, right? So the PlayStation, like, you know, and what helped these consoles keep going was Call of Duty. Call of Duty came out eh, roughly 2003 and then again 2005 with uh, Big Red 1, I believe it's 2005. And, they were, and these consoles are already reaching their point. <clears throat> so in 2005, now Microsoft got ahead on this one first. In 2005, Microsoft introduces the Xbox 360, right? Now the Xbox 360 was definitely ahead of the original Xbox, right? It's still um, like it was wireless, right? It was this time it didn't have to hardwire it, you know, with the controllers, it was wireless or you could plug it in, right? Depending. Um, it had a hard drive. It played on DVD-ROMs, but the graphics were great, and the Xbox Live was well-supported on the Xbox 360, right? They also introduced, like, Call of Duty Online and stuff like that. But, you know, the the, the limitation for X, the problem with Xbox 360 at the time was the Red Ring of Death. Like, if you have gotten the first few batches of the uh, 360 back then, my condolences, because you'll more than likely have lost it in the Red Ring of, uh, the Red Ring of Death, where I think it was due to a cheap glue or adhesive on the motherboard, the Xbox will overheat and the green light will go red. And when that light went red, that was just total failure. That means your shit was done. That You know how many people had to replace Xboxes and were just furious at this. But eventually they did fix it. They did advance, They did uh, redo the motherboard and the, the glue or whatever they used and they used something different to keep it cooler. So the Xbox 360 comes out and of course, Halo goes along with it. And Halo, right? Um, 
has always has been a seller on Xbox for a while. Call of Duty goes online um, and stuff like that. But now, you know, Sony's like, okay, well, now we got to come out with ours. They come out with the PlayStation 3. So in 2006, the following year, um, Sony drops the PlayStation 3. Now, the PlayStation 3 was a monster of a console, but it was extremely hard to develop for, right? Very hard to develop for. But you could put the games on a Blu-ray disc. That was the big thing about, that was basically the introduction to Blu-ray at that time was the Blu-ray, like Sony basically is the heading force behind the Blu-ray, right? There's a thing called the Blu-ray Association and it's like Panasonic, Sony, they got together, people who use the Blu-ray disc, um, applications and whatnot. So they came together, they came out the Blu-ray disc and every PlayStation 3 game came out on this disc. And it held an insane amount of um, data on the disc, right? Where the hard drive wasn't necessarily needed. It was just needed to just load faster. And of course, store games where the Xbox 360 was on the DVD-ROM and um, it required a hard drive quite a bit. And some games had to come in two disc because it couldn't fit at all where on the PlayStation 3, it fit. So the PlayStation 3 comes out. It's this monster crazy system. It's beautiful. It's, it, it's just nice looking. And... Um, the biggest thing between the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 was that the PlayStation 3 had online play that was free, right? You had to pay a membership with Microsoft, right, to play Xbox Live, but uh, Sony was free. Now, that would go to bite Sony's Sony in the ass because if you remember anyone, any gamers out there, in 2010, the Sony network got hacked. I remember this all too well because... Um, PlayStation Live, like the PlayStation Online was down for a month. Not only that, people who stored their credit card information was hacked. So a lot of people lost a lot of money. And when it finally came back online, somehow I was prestiged in Modern Warfare. I was super pissed because I was, I couldn't even grind in the game. Like I, I literally got back online and was prestiged. Yes, I was really pissed, but I wasn't going to start over. I'm not a fool, you know? So... You know, now you got the PS3, the Xbox 360, duking it out, high-end graphics. You got Blu-ray, you got DVD. But what about Nintendo, right? Oh, Nintendo, I think, won this generation. Because in 2006, Nintendo took it another step further. The Wii. The Wii is probably one of the best-selling consoles of all time, up there with the PlayStation 2. Nintendo did something different. Now, Nintendo, if you've been following Nintendo, they, they've been about innovation, right, with their consoles, things that are different than the than the competitors, right? The Wii drops in 2006, and I mean, this shit was a big deal. I remember the morning I woke up looking for this Wii, and I went to Times Square Toys R Us. You Like, I finally found it, but they had hundreds, if not thousands, of Wii consoles there. You get a little band on your arm. And you were set. I got my Wii, went home, set it up, played Wii Sports, had the whole family sitting there throwing fake bowling balls at the TV. Now, I, I'm telling you, I did not break the TV. A lot of people did at the time because of little faulty straps. So people were so into it that they threw the remote would fly out off their wrist into the TV. You don't believe me? Go on YouTube if, if, if uh, you don't believe me. But if you did live that time and that might have happened to you, then yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about you. So the Wii comes out and, um, <laughs> ooh, I got 10 minutes. All right, so the Wii comes out, right? And, you know, you got these um, 
these wireless controllers that run on gyrometers and stuff, accelerometers, right? So your motions reflect the characters and things that happen on the screen. And it was just amazing, right? But the Wii was very underpowered, right? It was very underpowered. And that whole gimmick with the whole moving motion sensor, it got stale after some time when people realized people just were really lazy with it. So when they play like the Wii baseball, Wii sports, they just sat on their chair and did it. They weren't so engaged anymore. So the gimmick was just what it was. And Nintendo can sometimes be a gimmicky company, but do not mistaken, like the Wii was definitely ahead of its time, right? So the Wii went and went to sell hundreds, thousands, millions of consoles, right? And they were available. What also made the Wii so popular was its price point. The Wii was only $250 with Wii Sports. You couldn't beat that. So you already got a game with it. And it was a game that everybody could play, right? And it, the Wii Sports became one of the top-selling games of all time. But that was because it was bundled with the console. So can you really count that, right? <sighs> so the Wii was very simplistic. It was cheaply made and cheaply designed because basically what it was, it was a GameCube with double the power. So it had somewhat the GameCube architecture, but with some with, with more advanced graphics and if you notice, you could play the GameCube on the Wii, and it has four built-in ports because all it really was was basically two GameCubes slapped together. But the graphics was not what people were into with the Wii. It was just the fun factor, right? If you wanted graphics, you went with PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360. Now, if you didn't want graphics, you just wanted fun, then you go get a Wii, and it was cheap, right? So, you know, now you got these three heavy hitters, right? And this is like the best generation going forward. So, you know, they're trudging, they're trudging, they're trudging, right? All right, so Nintendo has a, uh, let me see. No, I'm sorry. Let's go to Sony real quick. So the PlayStation 3 went for a while, right? Now, I don't know. I have to do my research on which was, who won that generation. It might have been the Wii in sales, though. But between the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox, the, the Xbox may have outsold the PS3. Probably, yeah, because Xbox Live was just better. People were willing to pay for that online, knowing that their shit was safe versus Sony, where the online is free, and it's yeah, that. So now we get it from 2006 to 2007, 2008. We go fast forward to about 2012, right? So real quick, 2012, right? Nintendo got a start, a head start on the new generation, right? But I'm not going to get into that because that's going to be tomorrow's episode. But, um, you know, these consoles, they duked it out for a while. They all had their controversies, right? I'm, I never got an Xbox 360 because I told you about my last Xbox from the first generation that went kaput two days out the box. I said I'd never buy another fucking Xbox again. If you buy me an Xbox, though, I would – I would, hey, I'll rock it. But it's not coming out of my pocket. There's no way I would invest in Microsoft at all, right? So right now I'm rocking uh, – a Nintendo Switch and a PS5 and PS4. That's what I'm rocking right now. There's no Microsoft, nothing, no Xbox in my house at all. I'm just sorry because you got to understand, you're a kid my age at that time back in 2001, got this crazy Xbox, you open it up, and then your cousin plays it two days later, puts Halo in, and the shit break. I was furious. Right after that, though, I went and I bought a GameCube. I saved up my money, whatever little money I could earn, and bought a GameCube. Never looked back. I bought a silver the platinum edition one never look back so <laughs> that that to me a lot of games came out that generation and that was just so f- 
fucking perfect. Uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Def Jam, Fight for New York, um, NBA Street. Like you, the list, the list goes on and on, man. And a lot of these uh, titles were like multi-platform, and it's funny because remember, real quick, uh, Grand Theft Auto was just exclusive to Sony, but it also introduced Grand Theft Auto to Microsoft. So eventually, Microsoft players were, but they were crying like, "Oh, I want to play Grand Theft Auto, but I don't want a PlayStation." So eventually. Um, San Andreas was the first Xbox, I mean, I'm sorry, the first Grand Theft Auto on another console was, I believe, San Andreas. I don't think Vice City came out for the Xbox. No, I don't know. But I know for a fact San Andreas did. And that opened up the whole base for um, Grand Theft Auto. But also, like, Nintendo wasn't touching it. For some reason, never ended up on Nintendo. Uh, until now, with the, the uh, remakes of the old... Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and stuff like that, but that really don't count. There was really no um, Grand Theft Auto built from the ground up for Nintendo because Nintendo, again, like I said in yesterday's episode, Nintendo's a kid-friendly company. They're not about that shit. Eventually, maybe they will, right? But, um, yeah, well, we'll see. You never know, right? Remember, like, Mortal Kombat back in the 90s, right? Super Nintendo version had no blood, um, the Genesis version had blood, and they woke up and they're like, okay, we probably need to put blood in our game, right? And it, it, it just made sense. So, um, yeah. But we're going to wrap that episode up, right? So we're leaving it off with, right now. Um, it's the PlayStation 3, the Nintendo Wii, and the Xbox 360. Where do they go from there, right? That's where we get into the present, Right. The, well, sort of the present, yeah, I guess you could say the 2010s on, right, up to this point. That would be part three, wrapping up the three-part episode of the console wars. I try to get as much of what I know and research into a 30-minute segment, but that's why I split it up in parts, right? Because I, I don't want to dredge people with an, an hour-plus-long podcast. I like to keep it short. Not knocking any other podcasters out there that do very long shows, right? You know, you got to have a lot of material. I give them props. You got to have a lot of material and a lot to talk about in that time frame. Me, I don't always have all the material. It depends on the subject matter. So with video games, yeah, I could go a whole hour about it. But no, I, I know you guys got other things to do, like me, right? I got to go play some COD myself, right? So like, I try to keep it short, right? So hey, um, Thanks for listening, right? Thanks for taking the time. Tomorrow we'll continue with the 2010s and on to this point. And the console wars, because believe it or not, the console wars is not over yet. It's still going. But I think we might be coming to an end. I predict it anyway, but I will give that prediction more tomorrow. All right, so hey, tomorrow will be another episode, right? And um, yes, during this four-day weekend, I will be doing episodes, right? So I'm not going anywhere. I will be doing episodes, right? So I do appreciate everyone listening, right? And uh, please answer the questions that I put in there. I mean, they're not long questions. I'd like to at least see one or two responses. And my email, of course, uh, the Daily Mind Podcast at gmail.com. You can drop me a hello. Uh, no death threats, no love letters, and you know, don't don't flash me either. I, I don't want to see all that. But um, just uh, drop me a line in the email, and then you know, I'll say say hello, right? All right. So hey, this has been another episode of Daily Mind. I'm your host. Uh, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode, and we'll do this again tomorrow at some point. All right. So hey, 
Thanks for listening, and you guys have a great evening. Peace out.